What do you do when you feel like giving up? Maybe you're struggling with a health issue or struggling with a broken relationship or a financial problem or maybe you're just depressed because nothing seems to be going right and you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. What do you do? Well, I've got some good news for you today and it's going to encourage you. God is ready to meet your every need. The truth is God is for you and he wants to give you hope and he wants to give you joy, and he wants to heal your hidden wounds, and he wants you to learn to trust him when the odds are against you. God is guiding you to the place where you can say, yes, I will trust God to meet my greatest needs. Join me today for Daily Hope as we discover how God meets our deepest needs. Today on Daily Hope with Rick Warren, We continue in a series called How God Meets Your Deepest Needs with part one of a message called Learning to Trust God, taken from various portions of Scripture. And now, here's Rick Warren. Now, repeatedly in Scripture, the Bible says God has promised to meet your needs. Emotional needs, financial needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, relational needs, every need of your life. In fact, one of the Hebrew names of God in the Bible is Jehovah Jireh, which means I am the God who provides for you. And over and over, God says, I will meet all your needs. One of the promises that he gives is in Philippians 4.19. It says this, my God will supply all that you need, circle that word all, from his glorious resources in Christ Jesus. Now that's a pretty blanket statement. He says, I'll meet all your needs. What does that include? Everything. Now, the problem is this. You look around and obviously not everybody's need is met. In reality, many times our needs seem to go unmet. What's the problem here? Is God lying? Uh, Is God exaggerating the point? Is he just saying something that sounds real nice but isn't true? Why is it that sometimes my needs seem to go unmet? Well, the Bible tells us that with every promise there is a condition. There is a premise with every promise. And one of the conditions for this promise is you have to trust him. And the more you trust God, the more God is able to meet needs in your life. The less you trust God, the fewer needs he is able to meet in your lives. The Bible says there is a faith factor involved. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. God says, you get to choose how much I bless your life. It's according to your faith. It will be done unto you. You get to choose how many needs I meet in your life. It's according to your faith. The more you trust me, the more needs I can meet. The less you trust me, the fewer needs I can meet. Now, the obvious question then is, how can I learn to trust God more so he can meet all of my needs? How can I learn to have greater faith? Well, faith is an interesting substance. You don't get it by sitting in a Bible study group. You don't get it by just talking about it. You don't get it by just thinking and hoping and wishing. Faith is like a muscle, and that means it develops by being used. The more you use a muscle, the stronger it gets. The more you use the little faith that you've got, the more it gets stretched. And the more it gets stretched, the more God is able to bless your life. Now we call the circumstances that God creates to stretch our faith, we call those things trials. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 7, these trials are only to test your faith, 
to show that it is strong and pure. And the Bible tells us that like fire, when the heat's on, it purifies gold and silver, that God tests our heart by putting us under the heat, under those fiery trials of life. Today, I want to look at four of the most common trials. Chances are you're in one of these tests right now. Whether you are or not, I guarantee you over your life, you will go through these four tests over and over and over again. And when you go through them, you can know this is an opportunity for me to develop my faith so I can trust God more, so he can bless my life more. What are these tests? The first test is the pressure test. The pressure test. And the pressure test asks the question, how will I handle stress? How will I handle stress? Will I depend on myself or will I depend on God? Will I turn to other things or will I turn to God? Psalm 50 verse 15. Let's read this verse aloud together. God says, I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. God says, I want you to turn to me when you're in trouble, not to other things. Now, do we do that? No, of course we don't do that. We usually have God about number nine or 10 on the list. We turn to everything else first to relieve stress before we turn to God. Some of you say, you know, when I get under stress, I know what I need. I need one of those little pills. So I go to my medicine cabinet and I get, I get that little pill and then I won't be stressed. No, and that doesn't last. And so you say, I know what I'll do. I'm all tense and nervous and stressed out by my problems. I'll call a friend and complain about my problems. So then you call a friend, you talk on the phone, and you, you complain about all the stress in your life, and you hang up, and you're still under stress. So you say, I know what I'll do. I'll make some nachos. <laughs> and so you make some nachos, and you nuke them in the microwave, and you pull them out, and you eat them all. And when you're through, your tummy's full, but you still have the same problems. And you're still stressed. See, I know what I'll do. I'll go shopping. I'll go shopping. When the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. Or if you're a guy, you say, I know what I'll do. I'll sit down and watch a game on TV or I'll go play golf or I'll work out or, you know, I'll do something. We all have our own little stress relievers. And long about in ninth or tenth place comes God. God says, I want you to turn to me. When you're under stress, this is a test. Now listen, you have legitimate needs in your life that need to be met. The problem is you get in a hurry. And when God doesn't instantly meet that need, you make up your own plan. And you try to meet your own needs yourself. And we do this all the time. We short circuit God's will, God's blessing in our lives by going for the quick fix, the cheap thrill, the instant hit, the quick relief that's temporary. It's just a little temporary fix. But we do it all the time. And we don't wait for God's will in our lives. Jeremiah 2.13 says this. My people have done two evils. They have, one, turned away from me, the spring of living water. And two, they've dug their own wells in which, broke, which are broken wells that cannot hold water. Now imagine this. You're walking through the Sahara Desert for two days with no water and no shade. Your throat is parched. You're dying of thirst. Your tongue has grown thick. You think you're going to die if you don't get some water. And as you come up over a sand dune, after a couple days, you walk up and you see this 
roadside stand with a big neon sign and one of those arrows pointing down like in Reno that says, God's free, unlimited, everlasting, fulfilling, living water. But do you walk up and ask for a drink? No, you don't do that. You walk right on past it and you say to a guy standing there, can I borrow a shovel? And you start digging your own well. Because you're going to get your own water your way. Now, the, even worse than this is we have the audacity to, as we're digging the well, ask God to bless our well. Have you ever done that? Oh, baby, have you done that? Yes, you have. You know what? You go out and you get into some relationship you know is wrong. And then you pray, oh, God, please bless this relationship. Okay? Or you go out and you buy things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. <laughs> and you get overextended on credit and you get deeply in debt. And then you come back and say, oh, God, please bless my finances. I have this financial need. Who got that need there? You did. You tried to turn a desire into a need. And God hadn't promised to bless your desires. You got overextended with things you didn't need, and now you're saying, oh God, please bless my finances. We do this all the time. Abraham was promised a baby who would be a son, who would be the father of a great nation. And as Abraham got older, nothing happened. And he had no kids. His wife, Sarah, was infertile, so he goes, I know what, I'm going to dig my own well. I'm going to make up my own plan. I'll take matters into my own hands. He says, I'll take Sarah, my wife's handmaiden, her, her servant girl, and I'll have a child through her. And Hagar got pregnant, had a baby. They named him Ishmael, a little boy. He holds him up, says, God, here's the miracle boy. And God says, ah, that's your plan. That's the well you dug. I got a baby over here. His name's Isaac, and he's coming next year. How many times do we do this? We, 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 we get in a hurry, we figure out our own plan to meet our needs, and then we ask God to bless that plan. God isn't going to do it. God is not going to bless that relationship that you just tried to force on God, and God is not going to bless all those other plans that you just tried to force on Him. Some of you right now are struggling with financial pressure in your life, and the temptation is to cut corners, to be unscrupulous, Stop tithing, cheat on your taxes, do an unethical business deal. You know, anything to get out of debt. You're building a well that isn't going to hold water. Some of you right now have tremendous sexual tension and pressure in your life. And you think, I'm going to explode. I've got to have a mate. And even though God has been very, very clear and says sex is only for marriage, it's very clear in Scripture about this. You will come up with every kind of rationalization you can think of. Well, we're both Christians. We love each other, etc., etc. And you're digging a well that's going to break your heart. Count on it. God is not mocked. Some of you are under en enormous emotional pressure. You don't turn to God. You reach for that bottle. Or you go to the, the medicine cabinet and you reach for those prescription medicines and you're digging a well that's not going to hold any water. It's a quick fix. It doesn't solve the problem. What's the antidote? Look at the next verse. If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord 
and rely on your God. This is a test. God is going to see when you're under stress, are you going to turn to him? Or are you going to turn to other things? It's a test. Will you trust him? That's Rick Warren with a portion of today's message called Learning to Trust God from the series How God Meets Your Deepest Needs. Rick's going to be right back, so please stay tuned. Rick has served the church locally, nationally, and internationally for more than 30 years. He's authored a bunch of books, including The Purpose Driven Life. And if you've been helped through Rick's ministry, he would love to hear your story. So please connect with us at the Daily Hope website, which is rickwarren.org, or by calling 1-800-600-5004. That's rickwarren.org, or simply call us 1-800-600-5004. There's more Daily Hope coming up in in just a moment when Rick Warren returns. How do you cope with stress, failure, depression, worry? In his book, God's Answers to Life's Difficult Questions, Rick Warren goes to the Bible for answers to 12 of life's toughest challenges using the examples of different biblical characters that face the same issues. Each of these studies offers simple ways to apply God's truth to your personal life, family, and work. To get your copy of the book, God's Answers to Life's Difficult Questions, for a gift of any amount in support of this ministry, go to rickwarren.org. Once again, Pastor Rick. The second test is the people test. And the people test, God often uses people in your life to test and stretch and develop your faith. And this test is, how will I handle disappointment? How will I handle disappointment? Now, life is often disappointing because things don't turn out the way we plan them. Careers don't turn out the way you plan them. Marriages don't turn out the way you plan them. Plans don't turn out the way you plan them. The fact is, life is disappointing a lot of times, but the most disappointing thing in life are people. Now, why do we get disappointed by people? I'll tell you why. You get disappointed by people when you expect people to meet a need in your life that only God himself can meet. When you turn to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a father or a mother or a husband or a wife or a friend and you expect them to meet all your needs, you are setting yourself up for massive, massive disappointment. God never intended for anybody. And nobody could possibly meet all your needs. And when they let you down, you, you go, what's wrong with you? Well, the problem was you. You put an expectation on them that they couldn't possibly fulfill. This is a test. So many of you have thought in the past, if only I could get married, then I would be fulfilled and satisfied. If only my wife or my husband would change, then all my problems would be solved. If only my children were different, like their children next door, you know, then, then I would be so contented. If only my parents, if I just had different parents, life would have been a whole lot grander. Let me tell you something. Your problem is not the people in your life. Your problem is your response to the people in your life. That's the problem. And people are not the problem. And guess what? They're not the answer to the problem either. The answer to your insecurity is not another person. The answer to your inferiority is not another person. The answer to your worries and your fears is not another person. 
The answer to your depression and despair and discouragement is not another person. The answer to your sense of failure is not another person. And the answer to your meaninglessness in life and lack of purpose and your boredom with life and your deep dissatisfaction is not another person. The answer is God. When you expect other people to be your savior, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. The Bible says this in Isaiah 2.22, you should stop trusting in people to save you because people are only human. Don't expect a person to be the answer to all your problems. It's not going to happen. And if you do that, you're, gonna, you're just going to set yourself up. There is only one Savior, Jesus Christ. Stop expecting anyone or anything else to be your Savior. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made Him, not other people, Him, their hope and confidence. What happens if you do this? We'll look at God's promise. Isaiah 49, 23b. Read it with me. Anyone who trusts in me will not be disappointed. You know why you're disappointed? Because you're trusting in other things besides God. You thought, this experience will make me happy, and it didn't, so you're disappointed. And you thought, this person in my life will meet my needs, but they didn't, and so now you're disappointed. Or you think, if I could just achieve this level of success and achievement, then I'll be happy and satisfied, and it didn't make you happy and satisfied, so you're disappointed. And this event and this person and this thing and this, if I just could buy this car, and then it disappointed you. Anytime you are disappointed, it is a warning light that you've trusted in something else for your happiness besides God. It's just a big red light that says, you got your values misplaced. Now, I love what uh, Emily Kingsley says about disappointment and handling disappointment. She She's talking about the disappointment of when your kids don't turn out the way you thought they ought to turn out, particularly a handicapped child. But this has far more implication than just for parents. She says, I'm often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability to try to help people who have not shared that unique experience to understand it and to imagine how it would feel. She said, it's like this. When you're going to have a baby... It's like planning a fabulous vacation to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and you make your wonderful plans. You're going to see the Colosseum, the Sistine Chapel, the gondolas. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian and it's all very exciting. After several months of preparation and eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go to Italy. Several hours later, the plane lands. The stewardess comes in and says, welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean, Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life, I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plans. And they've landed in Holland. And there, you must stay. Now, the important thing to remember is that they haven't taken you to a horrible, disgusting, filthy place full of pestilence and famine and disease. It's just a different place. If you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy that very special, very lovely thing about Holland. 
That's Rick Warren with Daily Hope. In a moment, he'll share a closing thought. But first, I want to tell you about the Daily Hope website, rickwarren.org. Log on there today and you can get the entire message you just heard, get message notes, social media links, sign up for Rick's Daily Hope devotional. So log on now, rickwarren.org. And we don't have to tell you that life can be filled with tough, tough situations, stress, crisis, discouragement, depression, failure. But the Bible offers time-tested answers to life's most difficult questions, taking you inside the lives of biblical characters such as Moses, Paul, Jesus himself. Pastor Rick has written a book called God's Answers to Life's Difficult Questions. In it, he shares their stories and gives you concrete, easy-to-use insights that you can can put to work immediately in your own life. And today, we would love to send you this special hardback book to thank you for your gift of any amount to support this Daily Hope broadcast. It's God's answers to life's difficult questions, and it gives you the keys to a better life. Change may not come overnight, but with patience and prayer, you'll see a difference. And in the process, you'll be encouraged that God can and will help you attain the purpose and significance for which you were created. So please give us a call to request your copy of God's Answers to Life's Difficult Questions at 1-800-600-5004. That number again, 800-600-5004. And now, here's Pastor Rick with a closing thought. In the book of Philippians, the Bible says, My God will supply all that you need. Listen, all that you need from his glorious resources in Christ Jesus. You know, I looked up that word all one time, and I discovered in the original Greek it means all. (laughs) All. That's an incredibly broad statement. God says, I will meet all your needs. Now, he hasn't promised to meet all your greeds, but he has promised to meet all your needs. What does that include? It includes everything you need. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, sexually, mentally, in every area of your life. In fact, did you know that one of the names, one of the Hebrew names of God is Jehovah Jireh? Do you know what Jehovah Jireh means? It means, I am the God who provides for you. I am your provider. Now, the problem occurs when we try to meet our needs apart from God. Every one of us have legitimate needs that must be met, but we have to make the decision. Are we going to wait for God to meet our needs, or are we going to jump ahead and try to meet them on our own timetable? We're constantly faced with this decision. It's a test of faith. Will I depend on myself, or will I depend on God? Will I turn to other things, or will I turn to God? Will I be first in my life, or will I let God be first in my life? God says this in Psalm 50, verse 15, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble. By the way, it's easy to trust God when things are going great. The real test is when they aren't going great. God says, I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you, and then you can give me glory. Do you see the equation there? The prophet Isaiah teaches the same thing. God says, if you come back to me and you trust me, you will be saved and you will be strong. God says, you'll be saved and you'll be strong in that temptation, in that trial, in that trouble, in that tragedy that's trying to take you down. He says, come back to me. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm the God who provides, and I can provide strength, and I can provide everything else you need. 
So here's the deal. God is ready to pour out his blessing upon you, but first you have to decide, am I going to trust him? Am I going to let him be first in my life? This is the critical decision for you to make, and you must make it on a moment-by-moment basis. You don't just make it one time and say, oh, I I put Jesus first in uh, 1999. No, you make that decision on a moment-by-moment basis. Will I depend on God or will I depend on myself? If you're making that decision today, would you let me know about it? Email me, rick at rickwarren.org, and just tell me your story. I'd love to hear from you. And be sure to join me next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.